Hey, this is Philip Craig here. I'm the pastor of Aria Church. This is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this empowers you. I hope it fuels your faith and I hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. In our life is we don't believe we can handle it. So often we put the attention onto something else, onto somebody else. We're waiting for somebody else to fix our own problems. But actually God has gifted you with a past, with problems to prepare you to handle it. To handle it. Last week we talked about a field for your foe. The field is a place of, of nothingness. It's a place of discouragement. It's often a place where there's nobody around apart from a, a few animals, a few sheep. And, and, and there's nobody else around to encourage you. There's nobody else around to be along, by, along your side. It's, it feels empty. And God chose the field for Israelites' foe, for their, for, for their enemy. He chose a field to prepare them, a field to separate him so that he could bring a solution to a problem. Because it's in the field that we find our form. It's in a field that we find our fight. It doesn't look how you would expect. Sometimes you come into, into life and it looks like life is messing you up. It looks like situations, circumstances, people are ruining everything. Can I get an amen? But actually, what if God was using that field to prepare you for a fight? What if actually there was hidden, there was hidden treasure in the field? And if, if you actually could get a season where you could distract yourself from all, all of the world's voices and the people around you and their opinions, if you could just get a season where you were secluded and you could actually focus, maybe you could dig for the treasure. But too often in life, we're too busy to pray. We're too busy to put God first. We're too busy to go to church. We're too busy to take risks and believe and trust in God. We're too busy. Maybe it's the field actually can work for our foe. Maybe the field is what we need. Maybe a time of separation, a time of emptiness, at least on the surface, is what will give us the opportunity to dig deep enough to find who we are and who God has intended us to be. And so I want to go straight in to, to some scriptures here in 1 Samuel 17. And what's happened is, is David has came on the scene. The Israelites have got their foes, their enemies, uh, the Philistines, and there's a problem. They've been waiting for 40 days. And, and, and the camp, who knows that fear doesn't get often better if you keep focusing on it. Often if you keep focusing on what you're afraid of, it gets worse. The situation doesn't get better by focusing on what's wrong. It often gets worse. So think about it. This, this army, this nation, God's people are sitting here looking at the enemy, looking at the Philistines, thinking about how big the giant is that's come forward, thinking about how small they were physically. And as time went on, they didn't grow in faith. They grew in fear. The problem didn't get smaller. It got bigger. Maybe in your life right now, there's a problem and it's not going away. And you keep looking at it and you keep focusing on it and it's not getting better. It seems like it's actually getting worse, but God wants you to break through. God wants you to conquer the Goliath, the fear in your life. God wants you, but listen, you're going to have to do something different. You're going to have to see something a different way. It's nearly like you're going to have to put on a different lens. 
And so here we have it. Israel had the wrong lens. Every, no one would step up. No one would, would come up to the forefront and say to Saul, the ruler, hey, I, I'm ready. I have confidence. The opposite of that song. They say, I'm not ready. I can't do it. I'm not big enough. I'm not strong enough. I can't handle it. And so funny, this little guy who wasn't in the training who didn't have the armor, somehow God used an unlikely candidate to do an unlikely thing. What if God is going to choose you who is unlikely to be qualified, is unlikely to have the confidence, is unlikely from man's point of view to have what it takes. But David comes knocking on the door from the field where he built his faith, he comes knocking on the door with fight in his heart. He'd been formed. It wasn't just a hit and hope. He, he had a, a .45 equivalent handgun called a sling. And he, he arrives on the scene and he somehow gets to Saul. And here we pick up. He's, he's voiced his opinion. He's voiced that he's confident. He's voiced that we've got to do something. He's saying, he's speaking a different narrative to all the other people who are standing and speaking with fear. He's came from a different place. And Saul said to David, go. And the Lord be with you. Then Saul dressed David. Now watch this. Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because, because he was not used to them. This was different to the way he had trained. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five, five smooth stones from the stream. Everyone say five. Everyone say five. Okay. Calm down. Put them, in, put them in the pouch of the shepherd's bag and with his sling in his hand approached the Philistine. It goes on to say in verse 48, as the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran towards the battle line to meet him reaching into his bag, taking out a stone. He slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone, without a sword in his hand, without the way the others had been trained. He'd done it a different way, and he struck down the Philistine and killed him. He conquered the giant. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you're good. I thank you that you're a God that gives us confidence, gives us the ability to handle things that we couldn't if we focused on ourselves. We fix our focus on you. Thank you that your word is eternal. Speak now. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. So the first thing I want to focus on in this scripture is the size of the armor. We see at the start, we see at the start of, of the, the story, we see that, that the first thing that Saul, who had actually David's best interest at heart, think about it, whether he won or, or whether he lost it affected Saul and affected the whole nations. So it, Saul had David's best interests at heart. And so here we have Saul giving David his armor. Why? Because he's like, you need this armor. He, he's thinking, I'm afraid. What if you're so small? You need as much protection as possible. 
size, I, I, this big, heavy armor. And what happened with David was he ended up saying, I can't actually walk around. This is uncomfortable. I can't, fu- I can't function the way I've trained. I can't function with the size and the weight of this armor. You see, often in life, what happens to us is the fear of man puts a weight on our shoulders. The fear of, the man, of man wants us to look a certain way, wants us to speak a certain way, wants us to fight the fight of life a certain way, and they try to put on this, this skeleton, this armor of what we should look like, of what we should see, of what we should worship. And so many of us, we, we hold back. The biggest problem we have when we're teaching people to pray is the fear of man. People praying out loud, we're afraid of what people think. Because we have this weight on our shoulders that people think we should say all these big lofty words before we qualify and and God will listen. Nonsense. And David's saying, no, this doesn't fit. This is not me. So many people don't want to come uh, and put God first in their life because they go into churches or maybe environments and they have to conform into wearing certain attire. Or they have to start saying certain things or going to certain places that doesn't fit them. I hate it when I see people come into faith and they lose their, their, their banter. They lose their personality. They become weird. <laughs> what? And I, I would say that God would say to you this morning is that I didn't, he didn't intend you to be the same as anyone else. He doesn't want everyone looking the same. Thinking the same. It, it, that, that removes God's uniqueness. We've all been created with, with, different, with different attributes, with different gifts. That's why we're the body. But the problem is the fear of man is a snare. It's a trap that we all can, can fall into. You see what actually came? David's confidence came from confiding in God and not in man. You see, when he was in the wilderness, in the field, it gave him a chance not to talk to people because they just weren't there. The very thing that he was probably sad about and mad about, frustrated about, was his actually advantage when it came to the fight because he had spent time confiding with God who loved him, accepted him just for who he was. He didn't have to put any armor, any shells on. He didn't have to put any faces on. He didn't have to put a smile on. He was able to be honest with God about his frustration. His confiding in God gave him a confidence before man. While everyone was shaking in their boots, he stood before the the very thing that everybody else was scared of and was confident. I've seen this happen, honestly, in church. I remember, it was so interesting. I remember uh, I was trying to raise money when I was training in in Florida. and we, I was trying to raise funds to go to Swaziland on a mission trip. And I always loved reaching you know, people who were far from God and, and knew nothing uh, about Christianity, didn't even know how to, to communicate or, or what the Christianese words were. And so I used to enjoy bringing them into different environments, bringing them to church. And actually, we had this kind of dance party. And it was a fundraiser, and it was brilliant. It, it worked a treat. And my friend, the guy I lived with, was the DJ, so he DJed at the party and we went to somebody's basement and, and had just a fun party, no drink, just, um, just good clean fun. And I brought some of these guys that I'd kind of met in some bars and, and uh, they weren't used to this. I, I'd actually, I didn't realize it un, until it happened, but I'd brought them completely out of their comfort zone to the point where 
They were, all the people who knew each other were comfortable, were confident, were dancing like crazy, sweating, just having fun and, and having a laugh. And these people who were used to relying on a different kind of confidence were standing in the corner just kind of, oh my, like they were nervous. I was like, what is wrong? These guys, I thought on the surface, these guys looked so confident in the club, in the bar, wherever it was. They were so, like they were, they were, they were, you know, they were running the show, but they needed a few sips. But when you removed the sips and you removed a few bottles, all of a sudden, underneath it all, their true self with nothing, no aids, no armor on them, all of a sudden, I realized, whoa, these people are actually very, they have no confidence. They're full of fear of what people think. Actually, that was more of a cover-up than it was a confidence. I see it in church all the time as people come in, and they're people that I've seen, and, and, and I've been there myself, where in, on the surface I would come across so confident with my armor on, with my shields on, with my swords on, but, but in some ways it was fake. In some ways it was a cover-up. In some ways I, it was a hard exterior, but, it, but, but I was soft and, and often weak on the inside. But you see, David came from a time of separation and he got confident on the inside. So that, so that no matter what the size of the enemy was, his confidence didn't come from what he's seen and what people said. His confidence came from what God said. And what God said is eternal. And what's, what God says is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So that means that no matter what I see, I'm unstoppable. That means when I connect my confidence to something that is stable and steadfast and secure, it means when the enemies come in, the in my face as men and as women and as voices and as people, they are external things. I don't even focus on them. God has called me to look inside for confidence. His temple is built on the inside now. And so the size on the outside doesn't matter. Can, get, can I get an amen? You see, fear was stopping their flow. What was it that David done? He went and picked, what did he do? He picked up five stones, five in the Bible is the number for grace. So, so watch this. He picked the stones up from the stream on the ground. You see, when he was in the wilderness, guess where he was hanging around? Probably around the streams. See, see, it all seemed to happen quite quick when he got the opportunity to fight Goliath, but he was prepared from his past. Some of you right now, you're scared, you're focusing on the problem, but listen, God has prepared you even through some of your mistakes for the present and your past. You see, honestly, I believe David was in this season of separation, not necessarily because he'd done well in his previous situation, but probably because it, as his brothers, like, are you talking again? They were annoyed. He had been annoying them for years. I honestly believe he was out there because he was an annoying little brother. And in some ways, he had made some mistakes, and in some ways, some things had to die on him for other things to grow. Like a seed needs to die before the tree can grow. Uh, but, but in that, he, he received grace. He understood his weaknesses, and God gave him strength in return. 
because he began to humble himself under the mighty hand of God. And so, so what, instead of, so often we look for grandeur, but God's offering you a ground. Because it's in the ground that God's grace is found. You see, when he went to find the weapon for his giant, he didn't look to grandeur. He didn't look, all of a sudden something has shifted. He didn't look to, to weapons or artillery. He didn't look to what everyone else was doing. He didn't look to the swords. He didn't look to the big shields that, that the culture would say that you need. He actually looked to the ground, to the lowest place. Not, not to the highest heights of, of Goliath. He went to the lowest place, to the stream. You see, the stream, it represents a place where we're stripped back. It's in seasons where there's streams that we get stripped to the place where it goes to the most naked, vulnerable part of us. That's what God often needs to do, but it sometimes looks like a mistake. It sometimes looks like separation. It sometimes looks like and feels like rejection. It sometimes looks like you've been left out. But what if there's some hidden treasure in those seasons that are actually designed to prepare you for the giant? So size just doesn't matter. Size on the outside doesn't matter. That's why we only need a mustard seed of faith. And then it moves the giant. It moves the mountain. Where does, where does the seed arrive on the scene? On the ground. How do we humble ourselves? We come under the mighty hand of God. That's why we were teaching some of our leaders during the week. If you're too big to come under, you're too small to come over. If you're too big to serve, you're too small to lead. That's the way God, why? Because it's all about you've got to go to the ground. We've got to have real confidence, not confidence in what people think. That means if, you're, if you've got confidence in what people, when people love you externally, then you're only confident when people love you, which means they control you and they can get you to do things and they will control you the rest of your life and you'll never be free. Israelites thought Goliath was too big to fight, but David thought Goliath was too big to miss. You see, there was a shift in his perspective. There was a shift in his, in his filter. There was a shift in what he seen to what the others seen. You see, God isn't limited to a size or a box. He's unlimited. He's everywhere. So often in church, in religion, what we can do is we try to confine God to one stream, to one way of doing things, but God's so much bigger than that, and He always will be. You, you might think God can only work one way, or sometimes our mindset, uh, fear can cause us to control. God can only beat Goliath if we have a weapon, a sword, and a shield. We, God can only bring a savior into the world if he comes on red carpet, on a chariot, and he conquers them through armies, or whatever the culture would say at that time. But God always went against the grain to show us that, hey, you can't predict what I'm about to do. Maybe you're in a situation right now and it doesn't look the way you, you would like it to look. Maybe, maybe you've made some mistakes in your past, and you think, God's grace isn't big enough because you look at other Christians and they, it looks all perfect on the outside. They've got the perfect armor, the perfect sword. But God's grace is more sufficient than that. God's grace is bigger 
than your closed mindset, than your, your closed box. God's so much bigger than sometimes what we create him to be. You see, we got to start saying that Christ is in me. I am enough. Watch this. So often we nearly feel like, I can handle it. That's a bit, it's God can handle it. No, I can handle it. What? Surely, surely it's got to be all about God. It is. But, but why, does the, why does Paul say that I can do all things through Christ? Why did he not say God can do all things through Christ? He, said, he took ownership. He took responsibility. So often, I, I don't know about you, I know with me, sometimes I'm waiting on God to do the work for me. But think about it all throughout history, all throughout the Bible, God has chosen to use people. And it wasn't until those people said, I can handle it, that was only when God could move. So what if there's a situation in your life and God isn't going to do anything until you start taking responsibility for what he's given you? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can handle it. What is it that you need to handle right now in your life? See, my confidence is not in my circumstance. The Spirit of God is my supply. I'm steady under pressure. I'm ready for whatever, because whatever comes my way today, the outcome is I overcome. What if you had that kind of confidence? Christ is in me. I am enough. I can handle it. Even the worst situations are sure to turn in my favor. I keep moving forward, moving forward toward him. God is with me in this moment, and whatever happens, I can handle it. Whatever happens, whatever. Doesn't matter what it is, I can handle it. Doesn't matter how big it looks, I can handle it. Why? Through Christ who lives in me. He's my supply. My power, what's this? My power flows from presence. My confidence isn't in what is seen, but in what is unseen. That's why we pray. That's why I find my confidence. Not in what is seen, but what is unseen. Our fight isn't against flesh and blood, but against the powers and principalities of darkness, the unseen. You see, when when David went and dealt with his unseen, the inside, he came into the scene stronger, more powerful, more confidence, He actually, he was a catalyst for change. He wasn't a follower. He was a catalyst for change. You see, number two, you have what you need. You have everything that you need. What were? Right in front of you. But but, but they they have all of the swords and the armor, and they have all of their friends. It doesn't matter. You have what you need. But they've got all the resources and the money. They've got just a wealthier background. It's, they, they, you know, they've got the, a good education. It doesn't matter. You've got what you need. Oh, but, but uh, they, they've got a cleaner past. They've had a, a better start in life to me. It doesn't matter. You've got what you need. But they look better. People just like people when they look certain ways. And you know, they've just got better genetics than me. It doesn't matter. You've got what you need. I don't have the... I don't think I've got the, the self-control or, 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 you know, just the people I'm around, my company, you've got what you need. Oh, but I, I don't think I've got the ability, you've got what you need. I don't think, um, but, you know, God, God really gave me the same amount as that other person. It doesn't matter, you've got what you need. You've got what you Turn to your neighbor and say, I've got what I need. Now, say it a second time to the other person and say it like you mean it. I've got what I need. <laughs> 
See, watch this. The rocks were, were on the ground. They didn't have to, listen, watch this. David didn't have to work for the rocks. He didn't have to earn the rocks. He didn't have to convince someone to give him the rocks. He didn't have to go and twist someone's arm. The rocks were right in front of him in the stream. The rocks that he had in the wilderness, in the field, were the same rocks that, that he had right before the battle. God will supply your every need at the right time, even if it's last minute. If you believe you can handle it, if you're expecting that God is your supply, if you're, you're in his presence, you'll be more confident of that. Regularly, you see, the rocks were on the ground. See, there was purpose in his past. There was purpose in his mistakes. There was purpose in his misery. There was purpose in his migraines. There was purpose in the hurt. There was purpose in the brokenness. There was purpose. There's purpose in your hardships too. Actually, what if the hardships were needed to push you past yourself, to push you past people's opinions and perceptions? What if your hardships were needed to put pressure on you to look to heaven for help? See, your help is in your surroundings. Your solution is it often is in your circumstances. Your, your, your victory is found in your stream and your situation. It's right there. You've got everything, what you need, everything I need, God's got it right in front of me for this season to take me one step further, to conquer this next giant. God has prepared me for this moment in time. What if the people who are coming against you or the situation that isn't right, that you're frustrated with, what if God is preparing you for the next giant? What if it's, what if it's just preparation? What if you actually seen it that way? Would it change your attitude? Would it change your attitude of grumbling and complaining? Would it change your attitude of seeing it through fear as if, some, as, as if the enemy's going to destroy you instead of the enemy's going to prepare you? <laughs> you understand that, that the Goliath helped Israel move into the promised land. He prepared them and he equipped them. And as they, got, as they conquered this giant, their faith grew. Their confidence grew. They went forward. And number three, stay focused. Stay focused. I know my help comes from above. I know my help comes from above. If fear insists on knocking on the door, I'm going to answer it. I'm going to face it. If there's somebody you need to talk to, and fear is causing you to resist and to run away and to hide and to avoid, answer it. Answer the door. Why? Because you can handle it. Because God's grace is right in front of you. It's on the ground. It's when you kneel. It's when you lower yourself onto his mighty hand. He's got everything that you need. The victory is there. We see a victory in every situation. I'm an overcomer. I can handle it. Life might give me a bad report or bad news, but I always come with a good report because I see a victory. No matter what happens, God will use this to prepare me and equip me for my purpose. No matter if it goes the way I want or not, I'm an overcomer. I will stand and I will go forward and I will use everything to glorify God, and I will use everything 
to, to pursue my purpose. Nothing is wasted. If I fall, if I fail, I'll handle it. Grace will give me what it takes to carry on. I can handle it. I am only defeated, watch this, when I don't get back up. Band, come on, head on up, and we will finish there. Band, you can handle it. If the phone fails, I'll handle it. If the cords disappear, we'll handle it. It might be a bit ropey in the middle, but we're going to handle it, and we're going to finish strong. It doesn't have to be perfect. God's not about perfection. He's not about performing perfectly. He's about showing up and getting back up, peeling yourself off the ground and getting ready for your Goliath and getting ready for the fight. And listen, this is not just to tickle your ears this morning. I honestly believe some of you, what the Israelites stood for 40 days, fear just grew. Just watching how it didn't work out the way they expected. Just watching how it wasn't what they had hoped for. Just watching. Some of you right now are in a situation, you're just watching. It's not fair. Why did that have to happen? Why? Surely this is not God's will that I would be alone and I would be separated from a situation. And surely it's not fair that all my friends are moving on. They've got X, Y, and Z. And it's not fair that they got the job or it's not. What if we stop watching in fear? Stop focusing on what we can't do and stop waiting on something to happen and we actually started to, to speak life, that I can handle it, that I can do all things, that I can get back up. I'm gonna take my focus off on what's outside and start to focus on, on the inside. I'm gonna be persistent in prayer. I'm gonna be powerful because of the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna stop fixing my focus on my failures I'm going to pick up the grace of God into my hand in a sling. I'm going to use my past failures to learn and to get back up. I'm going to use it for my purpose to help some other people not make that mistake again. I'm going to get back up so I can tell some other people to do the same. It's time today that I, I speak and prophesy over my life that I can handle it. The failure is only when I fall and I don't rise. We will all fall. We will all fall short. We will all have doubts. But we can handle it. In Jesus. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there's just a few things I'd like you to do. Subscribe to our podcast so the most recent message will always be in your feed. Secondly, if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can go onto our website at oriatchurch.org and give now. And we will see you next time on the Aria Church Podcast.